Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week, we are going back to the Don't Nod Well. That's right, we are covering episode one of Tell Me Why, the newest game by Don't Nod Entertainment. You will probably know them as the developers of Life is Strange 1 and 2. Tell Me Why is a brand new game, just episode one released on August 27th, 2020. Uh, it is out on Xbox One and PC. You can pick it up for about $30. It is also on Xbox Game Pass for free. So if you have Game Pass, definitely a, a pretty good pretty good value right there. So um, just sort of as an introduction as of a plot to let you know what this game's about uh, before we sort of start to step through it and get through spoiler territory. This is your typical uh, don't nod game, like uh, sort of walking, observing things around the world. There is not a lot of, you know, uh, puzzles or gameplay. So if that's something you're seeking, this is not the game for you. Mm-hmm. However, um, it is a story about uh, two twins who were separated um tyler who was in in juvie um he is a trans male um and that is sort of becomes a a bigger part of the plot as it goes along and allison who um who lived in their hometown and they are sort of reconnecting to sell their mother's old house that has many many you know sort of interesting secrets about it and just like they're reliving their childhood so that's sort of your general plot going in um and yeah i i I, do do we want to do initial thoughts before we step through it yeah i think we can do we can do some some general thoughts um just a, a heads up at the time that this episode comes out episode two has already been released of this we are currently planning on doing you know one episode per each but unlike previous you know don't nod games these are coming out uh, a week between episodes just three episodes total so you know our podcasts are probably going to be a couple of days or a week behind on each episode but you know just just bear in mind we're only going to cover episode one even though more of it's out at this point yeah, and tell me your open open your thoughts on this game, this this episode one. I had some interesting thoughts on episode one. I think by the end, I walked away from it pretty positive. I think it has a pretty a pretty weak intro, um, and I think and this is something I want to dive into more as as we talk about the game as a whole. But like this framework, this like really typical don't nod framework, is definitely starting to become a little bit tired. Um, and I think the the lack of iteration in any significant way is is starting to significantly hamper my enjoyment of the game. Like I said, I still walked away from it pretty positive. I think the last hour and a half or so are pretty good, pretty engaging. But I think up to that point, um, I was I was pretty detached from it a little bit. I think is maybe the way to say it. But again, overall, you know, it's only a three hour game, so the last hour and a half being good is fifty percent of the game. So that's not an insignificant amount of it. Yeah, I, I I think I when I first walked away from it, I think I had some some major issues that I've sort of thought about a little bit more and resolved with it, just in the way that some of some things work in it all. I was kind of disappointed by the lack of stuff to do. Like most mm-hmm. don't nod games were are are like with Life is Strange one and two, there was a lot to I mean the primary thing is like walking and talking, but it felt like there wasn't like even an inkling of like a tiny bit of a puzzle in this. And 
I kind of miss that, like thinking back to that kind of stuff. I, I do kind of miss that. So that was one thing that, that bothered me a little bit. But I'd say overall, when we're talking about the story, I think it, I, I had some issues with some of the pacing and the way that these characters discover their supernatural powers because they, they have a supernatural power and what that mm-hmm. power is um, kind of rubs me the wrong way and feeling like it's not unique enough to even bother hmm. with. Um, so I, I I will get more into it there, but I think it's worth playing to be part of like, you know, to be part of this. And I think it's diversity, like inclusion, all that kind of stuff is great. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that when we get into it, we'll have a lot more thoughts, but I think it's still worth playing just to see what it is. And I'll have to see before I cast final judgment. I really want to see what episode two has in store for us. So I, I think for now I'm good with it, but I'm cautious. Yeah. I think that's, that's a fair assessment. Um, I want to say up top um, again, like Duncan had mentioned one of the, the primary um, plot points and character points is that Tyler is a trans man um, you know so there's no way for us to talk about this game without talking about that and I wouldn't want to not talk about that but also you know we're two cis dudes right like this is not our wheelhouse it's not like our our realm to to cast judgment on how well this represents trans people in you know the life today it's it's not really our our place to say whether or not it is a uh, a good representation of that. I did do some reading to just kind of get a, a general feel how the trans community felt about Tyler as a character, um, because again, this don't nod made it kind of a kind of a marketing point. Like I say, kind of, but like actually, just a marketing point that Tyler yeah. was the first you know protagonist in video games that was openly trans, which you know is I think only true in the AAA space. But that's really what they were talking about. Um, but it it seems like generally people are pretty pretty happy with the representation of Tyler as a trans man. Again, we'll talk about it a little bit, but just saying up front, obviously, that's not our wheelhouse. That's not, you know, we have not, we don't have that lived experience. Obviously, support trans people, obviously support trans rights. Like, that's not really even a question, but yeah. just wanted to get that up front that that was a, a huge part of the game. So we're going to have to be talking about that as we go through. Great, great. I think we can dive right on into spoiler territory um, now that we've We've uh, stepped through. So we're going to break down the plot kind of uh, smaller bit by bit, uh, talk about through some of these scenes, uh, say how we feel, and maybe by the end we'll have time for questions. Yeah. So um, should I start? Do you want to start? Yeah. If you want to, you, why don't you, why don't you take us, take us on this journey? All right. <clears throat> so we start off with the twins in their separate spaces. So they each kind of have a um, have a place Tyler or Allison is the one to open up uh first she is I don't really know where she is at this point is she, does she have her own place I guess that's a good or is she staying with her uncle and I want to say she's staying with Uncle Eddie but I'm actually not 100% sure on that one I think she is but okay. I'm not 100% sure. She does have her own room though we can mm-hmm. she has definitely a place. <laughs> she does not okay. share a All bedroom right. let's start this again Allison is in a location. <laughs> We've determined this because she does not have a bunk bed. She has a single. Yeah. So uh, it, it, this this uh, town, uh, which is called. <laughs> it's, not Juno. <laughs> it's not Juno. It's not Juno. I'll the look it up while you about. continue on. Okay. I'll just say her, her hometown. Their hometown. Um, 
So Allison is still in her hometown, and she is. What getting... was that town's name again, Duncan? Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> you are such a little shit. <laughs> Delos Crossing. Can we write? We should write that down. Okay, so Allison is in still in Delos Crossing, which is their hometown, and uh, we believe she's staying either with her uncle, but uh, regardless, she's in her in her hometown. So she is getting ready to pick up Tyler from Fireweed, which is a um, a, a juvie location, and um, and also get ready to uh, look at their old house which which they used to live in with their mother uh because they are going to sell the house um so some of that is revealed in this moment but in, in this scene you're mostly looking around at your stuff and learning more a little bit more about allison um mm-hmm. on the flip and side yeah go ahead just to clarify i think i don't think fireweed is like a juvie location i think it is where he went to after that that was like a you know uh, a, a home for troubled teens essentially that are going through like lbgtqia stuff i see okay great um so then we switch over to tyler who is in that that little fireweed uh location and he is packing his stuff up because he is leaving for um you know to be go like you know hang out with allison spend some time with her and look at that house as well uh so he is you know reading notes from people and you know making comments on his stuff as well and uh then we the two sort of um join as she comes to pick him up as allison like uh, on her list of like to do she has like give him a like gift like a do a pickup gift or something like that or pick up a gift mm-hmm. and she gets like a little like stuffed bear or something like that and as she's driving to go pick him up she looks at it and just kind of like throws it out the window to know like in a way knowing like nah i don't think you'd like this or something along those lines she doesn't say anything directly but it's kind of a okay, kind of like, a cool scene Keep the cool little stuff bare. Come on. Come on. You already bought it. Don't litter. It's fine. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I, look, I thought it was a little sad that she threw it away. I thought it showed a level of insecurity in her own decision making. Interesting. Interesting. Cuz I thought it was more like like <laughs> I think it would have come off as sort of in in ingenuine like like very like disingenuous like very like Welcome back. Here's your bear and your chocolates and a hug and you know like a six pats on the back exactly and two on the head. Like I don't know. I feel like that's all sort of part of the package. I feel like it would it would dis I don't know, it would make it not normal. And I think if I was being picked up after like being away for 10 or 8 years, I would want things to try and be as normal as possible, you know? That's fair, but I think I would also appreciate the the idea. Like that that's I feel like a bear with a heart, which I'm pretty sure is what it was, that you get yeah. for like coming out of a, you know, juvie after not seeing your sister for ten years and then spending three years in like this, you know, camp for people who are going through these like traumatic experiences or people who are going through, you know, whatever. Like again, I think it's for troubled teens. Um It'd be a thing where you're like, oh, wow, that's really lame. Like, you couldn't find one that said welcome back after a decade or something. But then you would end up treasuring it for the next, like, rest of your life, right? Like, I could I could see that. I thought it was a, I thought it was a nice gift when she initially got it. I see. Well, let's, um, let's debate this for a little bit longer. 
Yeah, man. Let's do six more minutes on the ethics of gift giving and what it says about you based on what you choose, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Did you give the bear to Tyler? <laughs> choices, choices. Oh, that's one more thing we didn't really talk about. There's not a lot of choices in this one. No, there's a lot of, like, micro choices, but none of them feel yeah. very impactful at the moment, right? Like, there's there's small dialogue decisions, but it never felt like it was going to change much of the game. Maybe yeah. it will. Maybe they're just not servicing that as much as they have in the previous games. But it definitely did feel a little bit weird to not have that. You know, like you were saying, there's not really much to the game already. And and losing that kind of trademark notion made it feel even more sparse, I think. Yeah. I think we'll get into that when we talk about, like, the like the, the relationship overall. Because the relationship has a bit to do with it. Yeah. Uh, so, the two... Uh, sort of drive off and discuss what they're going to do and kind of keep up and, you know, exchange pleasantries of like, mm. oh, you look great kind of stuff. And uh, the only way back to Delos Crossing from Fireweed is to take, well, not the only way, but the fastest way back is to take a ferry. Uh, so they park their car on a ferry and they kind of just uh, continue to talk and catch up about, you know, what the plans are and, um, Allison is sort of thinking about going to a, a nearby town or bigger town called Juno. And, you know, they're discussing whether Tyler might want to move in with her or not mm. or what they want to do. But they're kind of taking it at their own pace in this moment. <laughs> I like that you described it as a nearby town called Juno, as if it's not like actually a city in Alaska oh, in real life. Is it? I didn't yeah. know. I it's like one of the biggest cities in Alaska. Is. Okay, sorry, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was bigger than Delos Crossing. That's all I do. That's <laughs> good. That's good. Um, it might even be the capital. I have no idea. I'm terrible at geography. So, what did what did you think of this whole like this whole two scene setup? Right, this from the introduction of these characters up through them meeting back together and like being on the boat and talking because the boat scene is really just you walking around and and chatting with Allison um, and and a couple like another person on the boat and like getting a feel for the life in Alaska. Yeah, I, I I think that I would have appreciated a little bit more time of them separated. I, I, I think that the the joint joint of them came a little too quick. And while I love the classic like look at my favorite band poster, haha, mm -hmm. isn't that band cool? It's like fun, but I'm Again, like you kind of said at the open, I'm getting a little sick of these tropes of like mm -hmm. they're now becoming like life is strange tropes, which is weird <laughs> in my mind of like being like this is just a life is strange trope. Um, but I would have liked to see more interactions maybe with some NPCs in each of their location, maybe like, you know, talking to some people in Fireweed. Instead, you get notes, you know, from them as mm -hmm. well as some people maybe in like Allison's life of like knowing like. If she is living with her, you know, uncle or or uh, or whatever, maybe talking with him about it or, you know, like so on the boat, um, there's like a ring uh, that that um, Officer Brown, which is their uncle, had given to uh, wanted to uh, Allison to give to Tyler as like a peace offering because um, uh, there's some history there that we'll get into in a little bit. But I kind of want to get to this sooner. Uh, I, and you can choose as Tyler whether to accept the gift or deny the gift. Um, I would have liked to see like her actually receive that ring and then talk about Tyler a little bit more. So I think that it was yeah. there wasn't enough here before they actually meet. 
that that I think that specific interaction now that you pointed out is really interesting because you do you know you have the option you know because you switch between this like this game you switch between playing as Allison or Tyler based on which scene it is um and so you're making that choice as Tyler for whether he will you know take the ring and wear it take the ring and not wear it or take the ring and just throw it and completely reject it um but I think you're right like I didn't I had so little context for both the character and the history there that it kind of felt like I was just making a choice based on nothing, right? It's like, eh, kind of, do you want to play like a nice guy or a bad guy? But like, yeah, I think that these games do really well when they're like, okay, like here are choices, but they all kind of fit within the character. But this one felt completely like I was making a blind choice. Uh, and I think that things like that, like you said, not having spent a lot of time before a major decision like that are definitely a, um, a detriment to the character, especially with a character who, um, I like in Tyler. I think it has like a, you know, a complex past and history with his past, and I think that not knowing any of that upfront makes it hard to um, kind of embody that character in these choices. Um, yeah, but but I would hey. definitely. Oh, go on. Oh no, I, go ahead and say what you said. Uh, you were going to say, then I'll bring this up because it'll be a nice transition. Okay, cool. Um, I was just going to say that I think um, I, I generally agree. Walking through rooms like is extremely life is strange walking through like rooms where people live and looking at posters and everything like that. And this was kind of where the, the trope got a little bit tired for me. They do a, a different thing with the mechanics that I think is new where like, if you click onto like a shelf that has a bunch of stuff in there, it brings you to a different view and you can like look around a little bit more and select different things, which kind of breaks it up. But also I don't like that much for some reason. Um, but yeah, I think you you just sort of you walk away with a vague idea of who they want these characters to be but it doesn't feel like none of those spaces feel important and i think it's because you like only get them briefly as you're leaving them so whereas again like chloe's room is one of the most iconic spaces in life is strange one that feels really important because you are like seeing a lot of different character traits played out throughout a lot of different like times in her life um, and you keep returning to that, and those like rooms keep gaining new significance. But in this one, it's just kind of like, here are these two rooms, and hopefully you got a feel for these characters. All right, go out into the world, you'll play them. You'll probably never come back to these rooms again. And yeah. it 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 just it felt like they were trying to force story down our throat that didn't make a lot of sense. Like they had to be really heavy handed with everything. I think there's some interesting parallels between like their childhood rooms in this room, but. Generally, I found this this interesting or this uh this intro was not it did not grab me at all. I will say the boat very very pretty though. I did really oh, like yeah. the that you know the long shots that you get. I like the fact that it is like actually moving in real time towards the destination. Um, and I think there's there's a character that you talk to on there who is not you know there's not a lot of depth to it, but it really does kind of set the tone for like okay like this is not you know portland or seattle where a lot of the other games took place like this is a different style and speed of life because you are in you know the wilderness of alaska so like things are different out here and i think that was kind of interesting yeah i i think that there tyler also in this scene expresses like a desire to want to um be a ranger of sorts mm-hmm. and like has a very strong take against hunting and things like that um which again is kind of like Here's another little bit of character that I just want you to know for later. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, it is a little more complex than that, which I appreciate. Which is not just he's strongly against hunting, but he's against like a specific type of hunting that is not like he he's against a type of hunting that feels like it doesn't have any sort of a like a history behind it or any sort of like a, a fairness. He's against just like 
killing of innocent animals, basically, yeah. without any benefit to it. Um, because he grew up in this this town, and again, I think we I didn't mention, or you didn't, we didn't mention that I'm pretty sure their town is like on an Indian reservation, um, and has like or, or some sort of Native American or or Inuit reservation that has a lot of heritage to it. So that is a theme that continues to come up. I don't think they did this necessarily, but sometimes it, it specifically it's with like this this specific uh, when he gets that specific where he's like. Well, it's when, you know, they sneak up on sleeping animals and kill mm-hmm. them without that. It almost feels like the writer is just whispering that right in my ear instead of the character telling me that. And, and it can feel a little like, you know, it can feel a little preachy at, at times, even though I like agree with him. Like, I'm like, yeah, that you're totally right on that. But um, yeah, sometimes that can just feel a little weird when it's delivered. But we should yeah. probably move on. Yeah. Hey, we forgot we forgot about the opening scene that's not in their rooms. <laughs> I, it it completely fell out of my memory because it didn't seem important until later. But you're correct. There was an opening scene. Yes. So I'll, I'll go over the opening scene, then I'm going to switch it off to you. Um, so before the game even launches to what we were talking about, uh, maybe we'll edit this before. I don't know who gives a shit. <laughs> Clearly, it didn't mean enough to us. Um, it, it it felt kind of cheap to me, but let me let me tell you what it is in case you haven't played. So... Um, you, you get a scene that's like very dark. It's raining outside. Um, it is a young child uh, who now we know is Tyler. And uh, it, it's an officer sort of uh, maybe asking what had happened there or like how this happened. And mm-hmm. um, the kid's clearly very distraught and said that um, I had I had wanted to show her how I cut my hair and then i believe the officer said then you like stabbed her or something along those lines and uh and 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 the young tyler said yes so yeah we Reveals know that he killed his mom yes we know at this point that he had he had killed his mother so mm-hmm. yeah that's the opening stinger which like i don't know I, I how did you feel about this and then going into the game because i felt like it was like they were trying to tell me not to leave before i even started the game yeah, uh, I mean, I I typically enjoy opening scenes like like I enjoyed this type of thing where they're like, hey, here's this cool thing that's going to set up what is going to be like the central plot point, and it's important to understand like that these kids went through an emotionally, you know, like an emotional trauma, which is why you know it sets up a lot of who they are now. Um, and I appreciate all of that, but yeah, I just something about it. I don't know if it was the production value or the writing in the scene, but it just didn't. Like, I didn't care that much. Um, maybe it was because I wasn't invested in the characters of the story yet. Uh, and, you know, maybe I'll look back on this at the end of episode three and think, like, wow, that was a really good opening scene. But as it stands, yeah, yeah it didn't. It did not draw me in the way that they were clearly hoping it would draw me in. I, I, I think that you, you make a good point with some of the, the, like, production value with it. Because while I think some of this game's environments are really pretty... They got it. They just got to do something with the facial rigs. I can't stand mm-hmm. it anymore. Like, I can't do it. It is It is at times some of the ugliest stuff and most <laughs> uncanny thing to look at. It's not ugly. It's uncanny. That's that's what it yeah. is. Um, I, so here's a question before we move on to something else, because apparently we're just going to pepper all our random things randomly throughout this episode. Does sure. Am I completely misremembering it? Or, like, this game feels like it's going for more realistic-looking environments than the Life is Strange games did? And I might be just misremembering that, but it feels like it has less of a less of a distinctive art style, like less of a yes. painterly art style. Yep. And I think that's like 
again, I think some of the environments look gorgeous. I think like standing over the boat, looking at like the, the wilderness and the mountains looks really good. But then like most of the other time, I think it's distinctly to the game's disadvantage. And I think a lot of that might be that they haven't done anything good with lighting yet. And I think Life Strange worked really, really well when they were playing with lighting in beautiful ways. Um, but yeah. it definitely made me walk away from this game going like, I didn't really, like like you said, the, the whole production's like quality just seems to take a hit because they couldn't hide any of that stuff behind this more distinctive art style. Yeah, I think I, I you're 100% right because they do go for the realistic environments. They're going for those those really like, you know, real textures. I noticed that there is some it's more of a filter in this mm -hmm. case. It's not really like, cause there was some clear work on the textures last time where it felt like someone may have painted over an existing texture, but this one feels like they got the realistic texture. They ran it through a filter and then they slapped it on the mesh, which like I might be completely wrong. That is like all observation, yeah. but it just seems a little bit more likely in this scenario. Um, also with the intro, I just think that, if they wanted to do that, they should have, like, you know, even if the characters don't think fondly of their mother, like, maybe have, like, a picture of her, like, in a drawer or something like that and be like, oh, my God, I can't, you know, like, I, I'm not a writer, so it's hard mm -hmm. for me to say. But you know what I mean? Something that's more, like, ominous about it or, like, telling I mean, about it or something. On the flip side, though, that. I think it's maybe more realistic for them not to have any memories of yeah. their mother anywhere in the room. That's so true. I, I could get that. I will say, though, also just one more thing about the intro to the production quality. Just, like, wet characters in Life is Strange and Don't Nod games always look bad. They always look yeah. extremely bad. So maybe don't open with, like, a child who is just brought in from the rain that just kind of looks bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, All right. Let's go. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Um so Tyler and Allison get off the boat, um, and again, the whole reason they were going here was to go back to the house that they, they grew up in, the house that their mother lived in, and to kind of go through, decide what they want to keep and not keep, and then eventually, you know, put the house on the market and sell it and kind of, you know, move on from that, right? Like, that's kind of the whole crux of this game is, like, people moving on and accepting their past and, and coming to terms with, you know, parents who were gone, you know, early in their lives and the things that were kind of left unsaid and the... the ways that these ideas kind of reverberate throughout the the rest of their lives and that's that's where you start to get at this house you do spend a while at the beginning when you get there um the door is locked your key does not work so it's kind of like oh what's going on there this key always works so you spend a while trying to find a way into the house um this is where they discover their you know otherworldly power their supernatural power um, when the two of them are looking into the shed outside of their house at a couple of tools and realize they are like physically seeing a like a memory play out from their youth where they can see them as children, you know, kind of engaged in just you'll see this throughout the rest of the game, like discussing something or having like an, an emotional moment or something that kind of recreates that. Um, and then, you know, them coming to terms with the fact that like, oh, this is a thing we can do. And then. Um, as you progress through and, and go kind of underground, you know, you like open up a an area under the porch and move through there to get into the house, um, kind of reconnect with the, this idea that they have what they call the voice, which is essentially just the ability for the two of them to talk to each other telepathically. Um, so that's that's the setup for all of the supernatural stuff in the house, right? They can talk to or oh. supernatural stuff in the game is they can talk to each other telepathically and they can physically see manifestations of their memories playing out in front of them and kind of just like ghostly floating image type stuff 
Oh my god, I'm so stupid, Alex. Yeah? When they were saying The Voice, I thought they were talking about NBC's The Voice. Oh, that makes sense why you wouldn't have liked it, because, yeah, I was always more of an American Idol guy, so that makes sense that you would hate it if it's The Voice. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about this, because I think this is, like, for me, this is a part that I had a really hard time with. Do you want me to... Yeah, I want you to say why you what what issues you have with it because I think I walked away from it more okay than you were. I just okay. Let me run you all the audience and Alex through a scenario. Mm -hmm. Okay, you and your brother or sister sibling, if you don't have one, imagine you have one, a twin, mayhaps, uh, uh, walk in and see a version of yourself and you talking in a physical form discussing a memory that you both vaguely have Mm -hmm. you do have the voice from before but you see this memory is your reaction to be a little frightened or maybe (laughs) would it be to say whoa did that just happen i don't know but i saw it too it felt like it did when we used to share our thoughts with our voice it did, but that was a memory of us 10 years ago, right? I just, the reaction be- <laughs> for this moment makes no sense. They're not like, I would be terrified. I would feel like, like, we can talk about, like, haha, like, game logic, like, aren't these characters, shouldn't these characters feel different things? But, like, if you're going to make a game that is so, like, character focused and and somewhat realistic take on these issues that people are having in real life, I think the reaction of seeing a past memory of yourself, like, uh, uh, um, a la, uh, what's that Christmas story called? Is it literally called a Christmas story with uh, Scrooge? No, it's not tr- a Christmas story. Okay, it's, my um, bad. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I literally, I am literally reading a book right now where they do <laughs> this play in that book, and I finished that chapter two days ago. I can remember this. It's got Scrooge. Uh, it's... This is gonna is, flatten is it, my whole point. Is it a point. Christmas Carol? <laughs> yes, it's a Christmas Carol. Okay, okay. it's it, like a la Christmas Carol, like seeing these these spirits of yourself from the past, and that's like that's all you got. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. Also, I just don't like this power. I don't think like they do something interesting with it later, but mm. it doesn't, it doesn't tickle me. It doesn't, it bring me joy. It doesn't like make me go like, wow, that is like that is interesting or makes me it just doesn't make me feel anything i just and they're telepathic i mean like mm-hmm. uh, telepathic twins just doesn't feel like anything to me that feels like the first thing you write down when thinking of powers for twins <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i i get that so you're correct in the scene where they discover it is very bad that i can't even begin to make an excuse for their reaction to it is nothing their reaction is the same thing as if you had just saw a squirrel run in front of you carrying a full piece of pizza right it's not (laughs) whoa did that just happen i don't know but i saw it too (laughs) you're right um yeah that that scene was i think very poorly written and i mean i don't know that it was poorly acted i think that's just kind of where it landed um but i i think overall the power doesn't bother me too much and i think part of the reason is i didn't i came into this game not knowing if they were going to do anything supernatural and kind of honestly expecting them not to to some extent um so i don't mind them having a supernatural power that doesn't inherently let the 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 protagonists have any 
impact on the material world. Um, I mm. think that's I'm fine with that. I think it has to be supported by really good writing and decision making, but I, I I'm totally okay with that. Um, and I think the the tele the telepathy between the twins is like you said, it's very rote. It's extremely the first thing that you would write on a on a whiteboard. But I don't mind it, and I think they're using it to kind of set up this connection um, in a way that is almost certainly going to be ripped away in, like, episode three in a traumatic scene that's going to make you really worry about the, you know, your your sibling. And I think it'll probably be pretty effective at that point. Um, but I think, you know, I, I was kind like I said, I was not really hoping for a huge over-the-top supernatural power, so I'm pretty okay with the fact that it's something pretty, you know no pun intended back of mind i i think that's fine yeah. so okay. that's it didn't fair. it didn't bother me as much but i agree that it's not super interesting in any particular way yeah that's fair that's fair yeah so after tyler traverses uh again underneath the porch getting into the house he you know unlocks it letting allison in and then begins you know life is strange as life is strange scene where you just walk around a house and look at various knickknacks and get a little bit of commentary on them and a little bit of um you know, commentary from your sibling as well. There's like a little bit of dialogue. There's a couple more instances of you seeing, um, being able to look into the past. There's uh, maybe only one actually that just kind of shows your mother is a little bit unhinged, I guess is the best way to describe it. She seems very on edge. She seems very, you know, she snaps at you over what seems like nothing. Um, so you just, you get a lot of that sort of vibe from walking around where you're just talking, you know, essentially talking about how bad you had it as children and how like, your connection to each other was huge and you were kind of isolated from a lot of other people and your mother was a constant figure that was always, you know, not necessarily tyrannical, but was a, a negative impact on your life and also talks a little bit about how, like, you grew up with your mother you know, like pinching pennies and barely getting by and, you know, you were not a well-off family or anything like that. Um, and then you you move upstairs where you find your old room where the two of you shared um, and, and I kind of like this, like I had alluded to. I think there were some cool connections, right? I Like, Allison's part of the room definitely still has a lot of space stuff on the walls from when she was younger, um, which is cool because it continues to have a lot of, like, astronaut-themed things and uh, her room at the beginning of the game. So I think that all kind of works a little bit. Um, not too, too terribly much, but it kind of works. Um, I think in this room is where you find the Book of Goblins. Yeah, um, let's talk yeah, about which the is, Goblins. The, the Book of Goblins? Just goblins um, in general. Just like, goblins. Like, the just fact gobl- that I, I think that the theming around the house is very fairy tale, and your mom mm-hmm. seems to be very into these, like, creatures of fantasy and lore and very um, very into fantasy stuff. So the yeah. twins were little goblins. Mm-hmm. Very, like, uh, yeah, I think storybook is, is the you know, very Hansel and Gretel, very, you know, shit like that. Um, yeah. So you find this book of goblins, which is just like a book of stories that you wrote when you were younger. Again, you and your sister refer to each other as goblins because, of course you do, because everybody in a Don't Nod game refers to each other as a pair of something, whether it be pirates or wolves or goblins. It has to be something that they did when they were kids. It has to be. Oh, God. Um... I will say goblins might be my favorite, like, idea. I don't think it's, like, the best executed, but I love... Well, actually, it might be the best executed, because one had pirates, and that makes no sense. Two had wolves. No, wolves was the best. Wolves was best. Wolves was best. The pirates was cute. Wolves was best. Goblins, we'll see. It's, It's... yeah. It's fighting for it right now. God, but like by episode three, their skin just starts turning green and they grow <laughs> short and they have little swords. 
Didn't you know goblins have telepathy? That's the first step. Oh, um, God, that would be awesome. <laughs> so the the Book of Goblins, I think, is worth mentioning just because, like, they really drop it on you. It's like, it is a book that has, like, I, I wish I had counted it, but I think it's it's probably in the realm of, like, 12 or 13 different short stories written in there. They're, again, yeah. they're very fairy book stories. It's very, like, the princess did this, and then that happened, and that happened, and here's this, like, evil monster. But they just sort of drop that on you and are like, hey, you can read this whole thing if you want. And it's like, <laughs> I super don't want to yeah. do that. Right yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Thank you, though. This is, this is a lot, but I would like to maybe be interested in the main story before I take a break to read for 45 minutes. Actually, I'm okay. Thanks. Yeah, that um, was weird. But, you know, whatever. Maybe the stories are really good. I'm sure they will continue to to be important as we go on. Um, but the the main crux is in your old room, you find that your um, Tyler's diary is missing from when he was a lot younger, and he immediately accuses his mom and starts to portray that as being the thing that that kind of led her down this path where um, she... I don't think we... So at the beginning, it's it's clearly stated, we didn't mention this at the beginning, that Tyler killed his mom because he thought she was going to kill him. Um, and this is kind of listed as, hey, this is the thing that, you know he thinks set her off. He thinks the fact that he was in his diary writing about the fact that he was, you know, trans and exploring that was then causing her to to go off and, and try and kill him because she wasn't able to handle that. Um, and we'll get into more of that later. So they decide they have to go break into her room, which is locked, and trying to figure that out. Um, her room has a puzzle on it, which is, you know, it's cool. You have to... It's This is the only... <laughs> the only puzzle in the game and it's just three dials that each have five different characters on it from the book of goblins and you have to like read what actually amounts to one paragraph of the story <laughs> um, and then figure out which of the like which of the different dials corresponds to specific characters based on a you know a gift that was brought to the party to the 30 percent of you who couldn't figure this one out <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Video games this aren't for you. I'm very sorry. So it's and I hey, I sympathize a little bit because it was, you know, a little bit in the air, but like the bear was obviously going to bring the sword to defend the princess, and after that, it's really only about fifteen other combinations, and it takes about a half a second to switch to the next one. So you could have done every single combination inside of a minute. Yeah. Um but literally it's one of the characters brought nothing, so it's definitely not him. <laughs> Fair point. That's a fair point. Um, so you do this, and then a key drops out. I don't know. I thought it was, like, kind of fun, because there's a yeah. little... Like, there's not decision-making, like, capital D decision-making. This is going to be important. But there is, like, hey, don't break that door down, because then we won't be able to sell the house for as much. And you kind of get to set the tone for the type of character and, like, the level of patience that Tyler has for stuff like this. And I think that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think it also sets, like some weird air of mystery about your mother who by the way they own they don't call her mom they call her marianne yes uh, true, and true, and true, true. um so i think it sets some weird like uh, like she wasn't all there kind mm -hmm. of not all there but she was very quirky and weird and you know that what we would classify as weird i guess um yeah so, i mean yeah. that the the generous interpretation is before whatever incident in the preceding weeks led up to her ostensibly trying to kill her children she was very yeah she was very eccentric she was very accepting she was very like leaned into this kind of fun fairy tale thing their their kids were really into um so you get into there um you do find i believe you find your diary in there um mm -hmm. 
But the other thing you find that is kind of the catalyst for this whole scene is you find both a pamphlet for what we will later find out is like a... Um, conversion camp. Conversion camp, thank you. Uh, and you find a book about how to like raise your transgender t- child, um, which you did not know existed, which sets off, again, like the, the emotional uh, core of this story, which is like, is was your mom struggling with how to do this, but still generally being accepting of Tyler's, you know, identity? Or was she, you know, the person that you always thought she was when you, you know, Tyler killed her, which is the the person who was so not accepting of her children and her, her child specifically that she was pushed over the edge. And I think that specific question is maybe a little, like, heavy-handed, but I think it's a really interesting question. I think it's a really interesting notion for where the story is going to go i think you know they again they kind of layer it on in a way that you would more or less expect as the story goes forward but i think that sort of idea about parents and what parents never you know what parents left unsaid when they died is a really interesting and powerful story which is why i i kind of from this point on started to be relatively positive on the game did you did this whole house, like, was there anything that, like, struck you or, or, like, really worked for you or didn't work for you in this whole section? Yeah, the 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 scene you just mentioned with, with finding the book, I think, is where it hit its height of being, like, this is what we're going to talk about and tackle. And I think it did a good job. And, again, I, I don't think it was heavy-handed, as you said. I mean, it... I, I'm talking it, more about how the game goes forward from this point on. That was more of I a, see. an, an okay. overreaching statement than just this particular scene. I see. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think this is where I finally discovered, like, this is what this game's going to be about. Got it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be about discovering and learning about your mom and whether or not you know the the thing that that Tyler did uh, by killing by killing her was you know sort of justified by the reason he thought. Uh, I think that's a really good mystery to set up and i think this is what makes me hopeful for the next two episodes um Mm. and uh, yeah i I like that quite a lot the house i had a hard time with just because it was so much it was just so much information and like between all the little tidbits of stuff and uh, you know both characters having something to say about it it just it got lengthy very fast and I did not find the book of goblins till I think I clicked on everything. So <laughs> that was tough. That was tough. Um, yeah. They, they try to set up tone again. It, it's very much the whole house is really a tone piece setting up until the scene, which is just like, Hey, this is what your childhood was, which I think I would have appreciated a little bit more if it was maybe like you said, just a little bit more condensed or th- there was a lot of stuff in there that just, I didn't find there were a, a lot of the things you clicked on. I didn't find that interesting. I do think there yeah. was some interesting stuff just, you know, in observing the space. I think that a lot of times um, these don't nod games really want to have commentary on every single thing that could be interesting. But a lot of times that commentary doesn't feel genuine in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But I think the the actual construction of the space feels really good. So I think I, I almost wish it would have been the same space just with less to click on, which would have forced me to kind of engage with the actual physical space a little bit more and be interested in what it could mean and what it could say about these characters than what, you know, the characters blandly said about themselves in a way that I didn't think felt very interesting. That's actually really interesting because I think that maybe something that bothered me with that is like, 
uh, I think they're underestimating the amount of time that someone would spend like just walking through a house and looking at things mm-hmm. and how often you could have it. So like you have a trigger when you look at something that without like clicking to like click here to hear colored commentary, like you could, <laughs> you could just have the other character mention something that you're looking at. Um, I think yeah. that would be pretty effective too. But again, that's, that's just how the game is. So yeah, that's, I, that's not actually the game a that good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, um so yeah, I think we can we can move on. I will say just um to the credit of again you had talked about um this is kind of throwing back to what you had previously said. You talked about how you you thought this was a really effective mystery. Um and I think it is a really effective mystery primarily because it is so emotionally resonant within the characters, right? Like yeah. you know, you can have mysteries that are like, "Oh, this person was killed. Why were they killed? That's really sad." You know, I don't know what happened here. But I think like these scenes worked really well for me because it wasn't just like, Hey, I want to understand what my mother went through with this. But it was on top of that, like, Hey, we killed our mom. And if we didn't understand what was going on, that will not only change our entire perception of our lives, but is like the stakes are not just, I want to figure out what happened here. The stakes are, I want to figure out what happened here. And if it's not what we thought, like the emotional distress it causes will be completely irreparable. Right. And I think that is like a really powerful idea to be moving towards. And it's a really like they set up their mom to be um, potentially like a really intricate and interesting um, personality in these, these the lives of Allison and Tyler on top of just herself. Um, And I think that's going to be really interesting going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I think there are some interesting conversations and points that, excuse me, that I believe Allison makes, but I might be wrong, um, that it's possible that it might not be a bad idea to, excuse me, geez. Um, th- there are some points that Allison makes that it might not be a bad idea to sort of just leave this behind in a way mm-hmm. and just say, well, I mean, that was how it was when we were kids. And that is just, you know, looking into this may hurt you more. And I think that is also a really unique take on it. I think, it is a mystery that has, like you said, emotional resonance, but like in a way that discovering the answer might do you less good than harm, which is yeah. kind of cool. Um, you want me to? You want me to? Uh, I'll finish out the, the house scene oh, yes. and then you can move yeah. on. Which is just there's one more scene here which we have listed as hammered man with a gun for an arm, which I think is mostly a bit on our part. But you do <laughs> <laughs> after this. Um, you know, this discussion between Allison and Tyler about kind of what they're going to do next and, um, you know, how they're handling this emotionally. Um, Tyler goes inside the house and is confronted by uh, a man with a gun in their, in his face, um, who eventually Allison comes in and calms down. And you find out is Sam, who was, you know, like a, a neighbor or family friend from when they were younger, um, who is pretty visibly drunk in the scene and has been watching over the house um in the absence of both of these kids um you you talk to him a little bit it becomes pretty clear that he was maybe enamored with your mother in some way shape or form if not actually romantically engaged with her um and he i think i think they do a pretty good job of sam as a representation of like a generation of people who are uncomfortable with the idea of a trans person and don't know how to act around them but are not inherently ill-willed toward the idea yeah. Um, and they they captured that relatively well of him, you know, um, just everything he's 
she, okay. he calls him a transvestite to open it up pretty much like not like like that but he's like i've seen transvestites on the television and stuff like that but and allison's like that's not that's not what we say you know yeah and like everything he says is just like unintentionally stepping in um like a harmful way of engaging with and talking to tyler that is kind of a little bit dehumanizing of him um again in a way that i don't think sam sees as ill-willed he's not trying to put that on but it, again it doesn't matter because he is like removed from tyler as a person and how his his impact is and he even you know says like oh you got to give us old people you know you gotta you gotta be patient with us and i really like the the dialogue options you have as tyler because they are aggressive but not like shitty right it's like you know, one of the dialogue options when Sam says that is literally something to the effect of like, well, you know, I don't have to be patient with you because we're here and we're not going anywhere, like speaking for trans people. And, you know, I think that does a really good job of shutting Sam down without being like, you know, intentionally provocative or anything, which again, he would have been in his right to be shittier to him. And I think they like this does a good job of hammering home who Tyler is. And I, I really liked this scene in general, though I don't think there's much here for actual like large plot beats. This was just kind of a character moment. Yeah, I think I think they wanted to I think they wanted to bring this scene for that particular moment that you kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe they'll set up something weird with Sam, but I, I think that's that's pretty much it. Also, yeah. Sam has the the keys to the house yes. because he got the keys. The the uh, keys locks changed. And he has a very weird like, like, well, they are your keys, so I ought to be giving you those keys about now. <laughs> very reluctant to leave. Very much yeah. like yeah. Like Allison is like, oh, we gotta get going. He's like, yeah, you probably do. She's like, no, you should oh. fucking leave too. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'll get you those keys and uh Yeah, he definitely <laughs> went right back into that house when we left. No question. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. He's got eight more keys at home and like a hundred different drop spots. Um but yeah, I think that, that pretty much covers the the house section which was lengthier than I thought it would be, but it turns out we had a lot of stuff to say about that. Yeah, uh, so moving on, we need some stuff for this house because if we're gonna sell this house, we need cleaner mm-hmm. soda. Mm-hmm. snacks uh-huh. that's about it <laughs> all of candles. the house essentials all of the house remodeling essentials um if you know house flippers you know what those two two brothers do uh <laughs> remodeling they just mm-hmm. need cleaner and candles baby yeah uh, that's all it takes <laughs> but anyways uh they, they they're gonna go to this grocery store that um that uh i believe allison works at right yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah allison works at i don't remember the name of the grocery store Venny Vitty Vecchi, because Vecchi uh, is the last name of the people who own it, and that's kind of fun. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, before they go in there, they meet uh, Michael, who is one of Allison's co-workers. He is um, going to cooking school. He's just kind of a all-around cool dude. You know, they're mm-hmm. talking... Very chill. Very chill. Very chill, very cool. And um, Allison uh, talks about how, you know they were thinking about moving in together as well and that you know maybe Tyler, Allison and uh Michael can all move in together and you know there's just some fun character banter about plans that will inevitably be ruined by the horrible horrible future they'll enter in episode 3 maybe oh yeah for sure we'll for sure for sure um because everything just seems so good uh but anyways so um after that they kind of agree to go to the store together and 
Oh, this is another reason why they're going to the grocery store is yes. um, Tess, who was a, uh, a, a, a huge friend of um, of their mother, Marianne, uh, may or may not know what was going on with the book. And, you know, they're not sure whether she gave it to her or like what's going on. So maybe Tess will have some answers for them. So they're going to kind of go uh, um, get the answers from her. So they go into the grocery store and uh, they're greeted by uh, Tom, who is kind of the same with the, you know, like they have the same kind of trans discussion, but being like, oh, they, you know, you, you sure are a, you know, uh, I don't remember what the adjective he used to describe Tyler, but something gentleman. And it was, it seemed did, more yes. positive. It, they did a very good job. I don't know if this is in the writing or the voice acting or a combination of both, but they do a really good job of Tom coming off as like, he never says anything wrong, but he always takes a long pause as if he's trying really hard to think of something that's not <laughs> offensive before he says it. And yeah. it works very well. Yeah, it's super good. He's also running for mayor in the small town, which is just awesome. I like this mm-hmm. like small business owner and like he's very passionate about fishers and all this stuff he's kind of a fun character i i like him i liked him quite a bit yeah he's for gun control and money for schools yeah yeah awesome awesome stuff very like mid midwest even though he's in the west you know what i mean like uh <laughs> attitude Northwest. to him yeah um so they they go and they start uh shopping first because tess isn't in and you can kind of choose what big choices here did you get the organic cleaner or the regular cleaner? You got to go organic. It's better for the environment. Literally didn't know if it was did organic not, or not. I know just what picked the difference one. Was. Did not no. know what the difference was. Just grabbed one and she said it was organic. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you, you know, kind of have a, a nice little little shopping scene. Um, and Michael has some commentary, too, about how good he makes pancakes. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the the sort of bigger moment comes where... Um, do you start to see the memories first or do you talk to Tess first? I think you, you talk to Tess first I, okay. and then you get to see yeah. the memories, but I could be misremembering. Makes, it all kind of happens at the same time. That makes sense. So Tess is very, you talk to Tess and she's very reserved. She's very closed about the information that they want to know more about. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to talk about their mother. She doesn't really want to talk about any of that stuff. She's very like oh that happened years ago i don't know it's just whatever and you know whatever she specifically says whatever god like had planned for this is like what happened is Mm. happened and things like that very religious yeah she's she's very religious so after hearing you know getting the closed off this from tess uh they walk out into the grocery store floor and start to relive some of their memories uh and specifically uh, i think this was really cool they they start to relive memories from you know trying to get that by like listening to a song that was really prominent whenever they used to be in that grocery store that like tess and their mom both really liked yeah yeah which i I think think is a cool trigger because like that's such a real fucking thing (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think that happens after all this, but the the order of events doesn't really matter that much. But, yeah. um, so, uh, um, you kind of see memories of you and uh, are you witnessing uh, your mother Marianne having arguments, light arguments with Tess about you know 
uh, not arguments, but points of like, oh, you know, the kids really want this candy. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tess says, just take it, just take it. So clearly she was uh, benefiting them in some, or not benefiting, sorry, helping them uh, yeah. financially and with food and stuff like that. And then you get a scene where you you and Allison, Tyler and Allison, remember things a little bit differently. Um, so, which is interesting. Uh, Tyler remembers it more, less aggressive. And Allison remembers it a little bit more aggressive of who was mad um, about the situation. But either way, they storm off into their the office and blast that song really loud yeah. to talk Marianne about and, it. And, and Tessa are the two that storm off to be clear. Yes, not the children. Not the the very children, children do not. They just chill outside. <laughs> yeah, they go outside. So at that point, they decide, you know, we need to look a little bit more into this to figure out what they were talking about in the office. So they uh, discover a couple things. They find a book that has like a record of all of uh, Tess's and uh, Marianne's transactions because Marianne was very uh, uh, forward about wanting to pay her back for all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and towards the end, you can notice that things start to fall off towards like a couple months or a month between after her death, um, where she stops paying things back and she's taking more and she's late for helping like closing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you look through her computer and you find some possible hints about, um, her being involved with more, um, um, uh, now I'm forgetting the phrase for it. Oh, conversion camps? Conversion camp stuff, like possible things along those lines, I think. Uh, so either way, you kind of confront her about these things, and the conversation can go either very well or very poorly, very Life is Strange style, depending on what you remember. Um, how did the conversation go for you? I mean, it it went well for me. You like basically, you only have to you have to have like two pieces of information. I think you have to like really just know, hey, like what is the name of the conversion camp that she was trying to send? Um, have Tyler sent to? I think it's a conversion camp. I think that's what it's called. Um, this like you know, therapy camp. You know, in air quotes, like you know, religious therapy to cure your child of their mental illness. I'm using a lot of air quotes. Um, sure. Uh, so that you have to know the name of that and you have to know the month that all of this sort of went down the month that uh marianne stopped paying the debts back to um tessa and if you know that information then the the conversation goes you know well in that you get the information right you get that tessa admits that she had like she was the one that provided marianne with the um, pamphlets and information about this camp that she recommended that Tyler get sent to because they wanted, you know, she didn't know what to do and she thought this would help because Marianne was so afraid at the end. But the the implication there being that, you know, you found the two disparate pieces of literature in your mom's room um, and this conversation kind of confirms that, you know, the, the actual text about, like, how to raise your ch- transgender child was probably something that she purchased for herself at that point and not something that was given to her like the conversion care therapy type camp literature was given to her by tessa um which kind of paints her in an extremely bad light as it turns out um and you know she makes she makes excuses like oh we didn't really know what was going on we didn't fully understand what those things were at the time um but it still still paints her in a very bad light which is cool. Not like cool, cool. It's the, the classic thoughts from player one where I'm like, this was cool, but it was actually like really <laughs> awful and tragic. Um, Just uh, that, that classic bit. Yeah, that like 
certain people can be like uh, outwardly very you know um like seem okay and with you on certain things or you know like accepting but deep down you know they might hold that those feelings on that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. and it was clear that she didn't you know she didn't want to rustle anyone's jimmies she didn't want to cause any issues so she's very you know she kept all that very internal and you know maybe Mm -hmm. she's learned and she's a little bit different now um maybe not but uh, i think that's an interesting point in like character trait yeah i i expect we've seen probably the last of tessa i mean maybe we'll get a little more but i think that she was there for that point and that was about it yeah this um We'll, we'll talk about it towards the end. I think we have more to say than we thought. Yeah, I mean, this 45-minute episode is quickly expanding. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, let's move on to the, the, the final scene here at the police station. Um, okay, so Allison and Tyler are going to head over to the police station to visit uh, their Uncle Eddie, who is the chief over at that, at that station. Um, and, you know, Allison just kind of want to drop by, say hi, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, maybe Eddie wanted to say hello to Tyler as well. Um, yeah, she wants, she is, she still has a very good relationship and has been living with Eddie, who is, again, their uncle. Um, Tyler does not have a good relationship specifically because, you know, Uncle Eddie, taking advice from the courts, did not let Allison see Tyler for the seven years that he was in juvie. Yeah, um... So you go into this police station. There's a lot of little bits about, you know, different people for the police. Um, but what, what was more impactful and interesting was the um, they kind of start to explore after getting the break room key um, to, like, get themselves some coffee and some donuts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and they run into the uh, interrogation room that uh, Tyler and... Uh, Allison were in that night that um that they that 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 he killed um his mother so they sort of like discuss that night and talk about how you know if they they if she remembers the night they decided to you know lie mm-hmm. to them which is kind of interesting because you're like oh what did they you know what did they lie about and I had some ideas but uh, we'll talk about that later and then they uh, walk around a little bit more, but it all comes up to going back upstairs to talk with Eddie again, um, Mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, they sort of exchange pleasantries a little bit and they say, well, you know, we're here, but we also want to know a little bit more about Marianne before she died and how she was doing. And Eddie's he doesn't know a lot about how she was before she passed. However, she he does, you know... Or at least he says he doesn't know a lot. I think it's kind of left open to interpretation whether or not he's giving you the whole truth there. Yeah, and and, and Tyler's like, well, you know, you can look at her files. Like, why, why can't you do that? And he says, well, like, you know, there are regulations and there are things that I have to do to make sure that, you know, I'm following policy. And Tyler says, well, you're the chief, so do it <laughs> um, which is a fair uh, argument like, a little bit i like but... that argument a lot I, I like that scene a lot because like i've been on tyler's side for the whole game um because i tend to think that his you know his viewpoint of things is generally pretty in, in line with mine and i think his like the treatment of other characters is, is relatively 
you know, deserved every time, whether that be positive or negative. But this was definitely a point where he was like, you're the chief. You can just pull her file. And Eddie's argument was basically like, I'm the chief. I have to follow these regulations. Yeah. Um, and like, I kind of, I, I do, I do agree. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 100%. We need, we need cops to have to follow regulations. <laughs> we need cops to be held accountable. They shouldn't be able to do things outside the law. Otherwise, we have 2020 in a fucking nutshell. I, I think it was it was an interesting argument between the two where you're just like, yeah, I mean, I agree with Tyler, but also like I, in that I want that information and we should get it now. And I don't necessarily think that Eddie is being upfront with like everything. He is very clearly hiding yeah. some shit and I don't fucking trust him. But also like if there's protocol to follow that like you can't be taking this information out, it's probably there. So you don't just take it out and destroy it without anybody else being able to see it. <laughs> so like maybe he should have to check it out. So his name has to be on it or some shit like that. Tyler was giving me some, some big Karen vibes there being like, like, well, you're the chief, get the files. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, so, um, after, after that kind of uh, the conflict, ex the conflict, escalates a little bit got it um where um oh my god tyler starts to sort of go into why he doesn't really like chief brown or eddie uh because you know as alex said earlier it, it's talked about a little bit more that you know they were separated by the event and they weren't allowed to see each other and you know Eddie says well that was i just went by the recommended court order and you know i mm -hmm. i didn't know what to do and things like that and um very and, like uh-huh yeah and the, like i think the crux of his argument is not only the like he didn't know what to do and he just wanted to do what other people like the experts suggested but also more that like or on top of that also that that was only, like, the seven years he was in juvie that he made them not see each other. Then there were three years on top of that where Allison and Tyler never reached out to each other. Or, like, Tyler never invited Allison or never really, like, did anything with yeah. her. So that, like, oh, yeah, well, but clearly she was still working through some stuff, too. Because for three years after then, you guys didn't see each other anyway. And so, like, you know, yeah. trying to frame his argument around that. Um, and I think it's, you know, an interesting emotional argument to have to be like, okay, well, like who was in the right here and, and, and what did they do? But also as the post game statistics point out, uh, everybody sides with Tyler. Yeah. So he, he also, Eddie also says like, Hey, you could have gotten it. You could have gotten off much, much, much worse. Like mm -hmm. I fought for the best thing for you, which is yeah. another interesting thing. Who I think this is like the only, this is like the game's only like big, choice in my mind where it felt like this was a big thing for us to decide to say yeah. as tyler what did you side with i mean i absolutely sided with tyler so at this point i think you're like the decision you're making is for allison i think um it just it gets really muddled in there but yeah i, I yeah. definitely sided with with um, oh with yeah, tyler on this one that's like hey it was bad of you to keep us apart for those seven years. It did a distinct harm to us. It was not the right choice to to do that. I actually sided with Eddie. Wow, you fucking cop. He proves <laughs> it once and for all. Oh, please, dude. Okay, all right. I, I, I think that this is this was the right choice because, like, also, I did throw the ring at the beginning, okay? Okay. Wow. Okay, I didn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so yeah, now now who's the cop, dude? Now who's the cop? I I just think that his points come off a little aggressive and that 
someone in that position of that age of, of those kids of those age like i don't know what i would do either like i would mm-hmm. feel like i would go with what the experts say too like i don't think it is a chief of police job and maybe this is getting like a kind of political to decide where oh, let's not get political and yeah tell I know. Me why. that would be a <laughs> fuck. all right whatever dude i, I guess <laughs> i guess i, I would that's just a dumb thing to say i, I get political I, like i think that it's not his shouldn't be his job and responsibility to decide where those kids go and for how long and for you know that's so, what a court is for you know what i mean like i mean uh, i i agree that it's not his job to do that as the chief of police but he was also Allison's primary caretaker for those 7 years he was acting as her father figure in that interim period and i think that's the point where it has to be like okay well not only does it come off as a, a ripping apart of that like that relationship but it also comes off to some degree as an abandonment of tyler to then leave him without any familial figures in any way reaching out to him yeah but if if they're and correct me if i'm wrong here but if the if 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 the recommendation was to separate them was it like enforced not enforced but like was it to be that they would be like separated like is it was it chief brown's choice to i did so they they don't state that very clearly that is true um my reading of it was that it was a tyler is going to juvie that is court like order yeah that has it is recommended that they stay separated for those but that it was just like a recommendation via somebody on the court not a legally binding decision i see but they don't well, say that straight out yeah, one way I, or the other. I, I guess it would be hard to enforce that anyways. So I guess mm-hmm. I get that a little bit more. But uh, it's a complicated position. It to is. Be in. It is absolutely like you just have these kids. They're not your children. Like you were not there. You are not their parent. You are acting as, you know, a law enforcement official. And also you are then you know, trying to handle this horribly traumatic event and what is best for everybody involved. But I think at the end of the day, like, I just don't, I, I mean, A, it's a video game and I want to side on the side of always keeping the twins together because they have fucking telepathic powers. So clearly their relationship is supernatural. Um, but also that I think, you know, it, I don't, I have a very good relationship with my sibling and I think that trauma would not be reduced by us being separated even if it was trauma induced by one person especially for a duration of seven years right that's your entire adolescence yeah i i I think i'm more i i think i'm more sided with eddie not because i thought that what he did was the right thing but because i thought tyler was coming at it from a very like aggressive like it's all your fault and you should feel extremely bad like angle Mm -hmm. and i think that that's justified but in a way i kind of wanted to be like okay hold on like let's neutralize the situation a little bit by giving you know each person a bit and i think you know everybody sucks here bandwagon yeah i guess Uh, and and i think allison's relationship with her father basically the you know it's Mm -hmm. uncle eddie but at at this point it's it's like a stepdad situation or whatever it it it's not invalid and things like that and it just no. to me it made sense that she would side with someone that you know 
that that she had that close relationship with. So I'm glad we had different takes on that. And I think that that is one of the game's most interesting, if only choices, uh, yeah, that is, actually yeah. felt like it mm-hmm. impacted something. So that is pretty much the close of the game, right? Like after that, you you decide to to leave the police station and we are given um, a closing cutscene here, which is just the final cutscene in the game um, where we are treated to, you know, throughout the game. And we haven't been mentioning these because they show up kind of sporadically and they're very short. We've been getting scenes of, of the night uh, where Marianne was killed. And those scenes have revolved around Tyler, you know, who, again, at the time he was going by Ali, which I think was still a name that he chose. I don't think they ever dead name him throughout the game. I'm pretty sure I'm not hundred percent positive on that. Um, but you know, Tyler had cut his hair in kind of like a short fashion, which was a thing that like his mom was, you know, kind of maybe against and, and Allison had helped him out with. And he showed her, you know, went out to the shed where his mom was in this kind of rainstorm to show her like, Hey, look at this cool haircut I got. Um, wherein his mom was holding a shotgun, talking about, you know, you know kind of it's talking right. about, yes, talking about it not being right, which was easy to interpret as, as Tyler doing that. And then, you know, Tyler runs away in fear, you know, falls in some mud, runs out to the dock where his mother, you know, chases him with the shotgun uh, in a way that looks like she is, you know, again, preparing to kill him, which I think we're probably going to find out is obviously not what was happening. Um, And then contrary to what we have been told the whole game, Tyler does not kill his mother, but Allison comes up from behind and stabs their mother in the back, killing her and having her, you know, fall off the dock. Um, which is kind of like the the stinger at the end of this game is that the lie they told was that Tyler took the blame for killing his mother in self-defense, whereas Allison was the one that actually, you know, killed their mom. Um, which I think, the more I think about it, the more I actually do appreciate that ending, because I think you there forgot. is an... <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, yes, okay, also... <laughs> There's a monster. <laughs> oh, oh, does... oh, oh, by the so, way. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the okay. ending because I Sorry. think it, this Go is ahead. like a cool, as a cool stinger piece, one of the, the monsters that they show, like in the in the Book of Goblins, appears that night smiling. The Mad which Hunter. I think, the Mad Hunter, which uh, is the only monster that their mom created, um, which, you know, he appears smiling in the woods, which I think looks really cool, um, and also appears as you're leaving the police station kind of in the background. So, like, it's it's very clear that this is going to become a larger piece. I just wanted to talk about this other part because there's nothing okay. there yet. Sorry. Um, <laughs> though, you know, it's probably going to be that either something supernatural is going on or the mom had schizophrenia or something like that. But um, I didn't realize it until we were doing this podcast, but, like, there are definitely hints that this has happened throughout the whole time, right? Like... Because one of the things that struck me as odd, which I didn't mention at the beginning, is when you get back to the house, like, Tyler is the one that's like, hey, let's go do this. And Allison is the one that's really hesitant. And, you know, Tyler has to, like, help her along and offer to, to, you know, stop. But when we were initially playing through it, I was like, well, that's weird. I would expect Tyler to be the one who's more hesitant because he's the one that actually killed their mom. Allison was just an observer. But it makes Mm. sense that that would be, like, those roles would be flipped. And I think they do a couple of things like that throughout the game that are really interesting to pick on retroactively. Um, and maybe if you were a little bit more media literate than I am, you would have picked up on those in the moment. Um, but I think they do they do a pretty good job kind of peppering this throughout and, and letting that fill in the cracks in their relationship and why, you know, they are the way they are and why each one has kind of the, the outlook on, on the whole night and situation that they had. Um, and I think I think they, they did a good job with that that stinger reveal there. Yeah. I, I think I agree. I, I think that I saw that when they were talking about the lie, I had a very, very strong feeling that Allison was the one who actually did mm-hmm. it. So I think they were well 
they paced it really well where they didn't yeah. tell you too soon, but gave you enough time to be like, oh, 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 I know, I know, I know, which is always <laughs> satisfying with that kind of stuff where they, they answer you in the way that you expect by giving enough um, air to it. Uh, and I think they did a really good job with that. Um, I think the scene where, like, Tyler just immediately drops and is like, no, like, I killed her. I did it. And like, you know, we'll always be, you know, brother, sister forever, things like that. And very like, you know, comforting her and all that. I think that scene worked really well. Again, wet children, no good. I had to, I had to kind of squint my eyes and it's like, oh, that looks real nice. But some of the, I did notice that actually some of these scenes, specifically these are not rendered in the game engine, but they're like rendered separately as a movie because I can tell some of the animations are like, not they're they're a little bit better and they 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 work a little bit smoother and are a little bit nicer but still the facial animation is the same uh, yeah but uh, also they in those particular cutscenes they do a good job with like camera angle and smooth movement and everything Mm -hmm. to make it feel more cinematic and in the cutscenes where it was just people talking that was in engine you know i was whipping that mouse around all over the place completely (laughs) breaking my immersion of the scene and they should not let me do that yeah i i i can't help but just like spin around in a very fast circle (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's always fun um i think that 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 ending worked really well for me i think it's gonna i think between that and the book that you find which are like obviously the two biggest moments Mm -hmm. but they did those really well and everything else was kind of eh, you know so i think overall i'm excited to see what they do um with part two um and i think they redeemed it overall even though i i still feel kind of meh about it yeah i i think like we said up top i think the beginning is definitely not super strong i wasn't sold on the voice acting um for the the primary two characters initially but i think i'd come around to it by the end i think it just took me a little while to to kind of get used to the the speed of the game again because i'm used to when i think of don't nod voice acting thinking of like huge emotional powerful moments and that's not you know what the majority of this game was so it, it took me a little bit to fall into that but overall you know I was I was relatively happy with it. I will say just one super brief note, which is not in any way, shape, or form a big one, but like people in Don't Nod games suck at telling stories, man. Like <laughs> I, I feel like in every single one of their games, there's a couple of points, and this was uh, on the boat. There's a story where Allison's looking off, and she's like, you know, mentions a house, and is like, oh yeah, do you remember? Like that was where we had this like haunted thing, and then. Tyler said something and she's like, oh yeah, man, we were all running, screaming out of there in a minute. And end of the story. And I was like, what the fuck was even the point of that? All you did was be <laughs> like, that was a house and we ran up there and we all got scared. And I was like, that's a bad fucking story, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really funny. <laughs> it was I didn't I, I, I definitely groaned at those kind of things, but I didn't I didn't think about that. It's just they can't tell stories, man, which feels bad for a game that's all about storytelling. But yeah, um, so you want to do you want to close kind of close this off with an activity that I have for us? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I am in the Metacritic reviews for this game. I'm diving deep. And man, there's some shit in here. (laughs) We need a theme song for it because it's the second time we've done this bit now. We need a theme song with like 
bad reviews by shit people and we need like a really a bunch of banjo in there i could we could we could do this we could do this <laughs> nothing yeah, against well, banjos i love banjos it just felt right at the moment yeah 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 um i i didn't i i like this one okay this review <clears throat> give it a one best part of the game was guess i ate my wheaties and that was it but i guess i <laughs> ate my wheaties okay okay there's one line that tyler says when people are talking about how he's growing into such a big man which you know okay guys okay the game was absolutely not playable just by pressing a button we finish it it the story will be hard but it is not entertaining and it is very boring i can't even consider it game because you don't play you just pass text <laughs> well, what? someone's got to introduce that guy to visual novels his brain's gonna fucking blow <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right I, i've got i've got a um um wow another another review that says guess i ate my wheaties quote unquote was the best wow. thing about the episode everything else was just boring really that's what that scene that line <laughs> that meant nothing great? to me that meant nothing to me um uh, I, I I did close it. Another woke walking simulator, more concerned with modern political ideology and how do you do, fellow kids, than crafting an interesting <laughs> story. Hell, even if you're a member of the Church of Woke, it's a boring ride. At the very least, their graphic budget shows and the game looks good. <laughs> One point. It's so it's so surprising. It's so rare. For a review to be that specific with so many different things, and for every single point to be the opposite of how it's <laughs> it's so cool. Um, I, I I didn't pull them out specifically, but I did read a ton of reviews of 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 someone saying, "Well, this game feels like it's made for a specific type of person, and I'm just not that person," uh, which is fascinating to me because <laughs> it's kind of just like, well, yeah. I mean, you're just so. I wanna. I'm kind of. Look, we all know what they mean there. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, <laughs> so I I want to say that after Life is Strange two, which I think had a lot of it was very 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 open and upfront with its politics, and I think you know I agreed with pretty much a hundred percent of the politics of that game. Um, but I think that towards the end of it, they kind of failed to to deliver the message well. Um, I think they did really well at the first like. Two, three thirds of the game, or three thirds of it, all of it, uh, the first like three fifths of the game or so, and then I think they kind of stumbled, which was I think largely just due to production timelines. Um, so I was I was concerned about how they would handle this game, how you know open it would be with those politics, how much Tyler would be a trans character versus like a character who is trans. Um, but I think they did a good job of handling the politics well without being, you know. Without beating you over the head, right? And I don't yeah. mind when a game is openly political, but I, I do want there... Like, if it's going to be a part of the story, I want it to be a political story, not just politics and here's some story, which I think a lot of people are accusing their, these games of being, and I, I don't think that's what this one was. Um, and I think the, you know, the, the characterization of Tyler is like, hey, being trans is a huge part of this story and obviously a huge part of his life, but Tyler is also a character right Tyler is not like he is a person he is not just a trans person and I think that yeah. I was I was 
generally pretty happy with that um, overall. I, I, I was very concerned because nobody on the writing staff for this game is trans, um, but they did a really good job um, and were very open about the fact that they brought in a lot of people who, um, like a, a lot of people who are trans as, um, I don't know, advisors, I guess. I don't fully know the role that they were playing, but they brought in a bunch of people to kind of review and make sure that the story handled it well and was not just like, you know, shitty representation like obviously representation for trans people is extremely lacking in video games especially in triple a video games but if you're going to have representation you want it to be like good uh, right. and it seems like they did a good job with that so i'm I'm happy for that at least yeah and and i want to be open too about one of my initial misgivings about the game that i talked to alex about before and i didn't want to put it at the beginning because i felt like i felt shitty about it but, like, mm-hmm. not because I'm, like, I'm wrong on this, but just because I think I misinterpreted it and I spent some time thinking about it. But I'm, like, man, Tyler is, like, it's, like, all about Tyler, it feels like, to me. Like, when I was playing it, it felt like Allison didn't get a lot of time in this. Like, she did, but it was more about Tyler. And I think this game is just inherently more about this character than it is mm-hmm. about Allison. And that was something I felt going through, and I felt like uh, a lot of things centered around him. And I think that was just my perception of what I thought this game was versus what it actually is about. And when I took some time to like think about what it actually is and you know what the plot is actually about and what they're going for, it and maybe this will change in episode two, this more seems a little bit more focused on Tyler as a twin than it does Allison. And that's okay. Like I actually am okay with that because I I just don't think there's room. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I think they, I think the things that they're tackling are, are, are Tyler focused. And I think that's a good thing because it's just, it's a relatively satisfying plot so far. So I think that that worked. I just think that it was a weird thing to, for me to come out with and be like, why do I feel like that? Is it because like, I don't like Tyler? Is it, what was this? And I think it was my expectations. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, one of those types of things that when you ruminate on a little bit more, um, starts to, to feel quite a bit better. Um, and I think the other thing that when you were mentioning that, I, I, I realized a little bit, I mean, at least I think this is what they were going for in the overall construction of the game. Is like because it, it definitely is a more Tyler focused game, right? And I think part of that is the framing of the game is like this is Tyler's story. This is Tyler's trauma because he's the one that killed his mom. This is Tyler's trauma because he's the one that like had to, you know, he's the one that is coming back to town. He is the one that is was going through this transition that prompted their mom to like go crazy and try to kill them, essentially, right? Like. It's all framed that way, and I think the the clever thing is, like, it's framed that way, it's very Tyler-centric, but as the story moves on, some of that starts to unravel, and you start to see that, like, maybe this Tyler-centric story that they've been telling does not revolve around Tyler, maybe he's just a player in it, right? Like, he, you know, the mom seemed to be you know, struggling with some sort of an issue beforehand. And she didn't, you know, everybody is saying that, oh, well, she was pretty open beforehand. So maybe like the interpretation of this is wrong in like culminating in actually Allison killed the mom, not Tyler. And I think that all is probably setting up to have a more Allison focused episode two. Um, And I think that's a really, like, I didn't put that together until literally we were talking about it right now, but I think that is a clever construction if that's what they were going for. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. 
Um, well, I think that's all the time we have. We went way, way over, but yes, yeah, again, hot forty-five minute episode. All of the Real conversations quick. I had, I think we had were really good. I love these yeah. don't nod games. I, I told, I told Alex before this. I'm like, I'm so excited to jump back in. Not even because I'm like, I just can't wait to play one of these games. I just love talking about them. They're just so much fun They're- to talk about. There's a lot of meat on those bones, but also where was all the good licensed music? Where were the the long shots over town with cars driving by and a soft guitar? Come on. Where were all the benches that said, we could just sit here for a couple minutes? And I went, nah. (laughs) 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 Nah. Um, So uh, today, I think this is season five. I think we're on season five now. I think thoughts from player one. I think this started. Season I think five. that makes total sense. I think it would have made season. It would have made sense for season five to begin after our next episode. But yeah, but <laughs> I who think cares? this is the season four conclusion party, which I is think, a preview of season five. Actually, I think Undertale was our season five. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Retroactively pretend we said a bunch of stuff at the beginning of the Undertale episode about season five. Yes. So this is season five, and for season five, we are ditching the greeting cards. We're done with those for now. No more greeting cards. If we decide we'll- to change this outro, <laughs> it will be season six. That's just how it's always gone. We had pleasure doing business with you. We had all the beans in the pot. We had construction of chili. We had. <laughs> That was <laughs> it. Reading cards, and now we have our new season five outro, which we're gonna hit you with real exciting in just a few minutes after we talk about our social media. Yes, stay tuned for it. Thoughts from P One is our Twitter. Please give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. Um, thoughts from Player One at gmail.com all spelt out, all in alpha words. That's our email account. <laughs> Go ahead and send us hate mail. Send us your favorite game. Send us uh, a game you want us to play. Send us feedback. I'd love to hear from you. We we uh, I feel like we're 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 not so hot on the email, but you know what we are hot on. What are we hot on? We are hot on the thoughts from player one Discord. We have five. Count them five members. <laughs> that doesn't even include us, including us in seven. Oh, everyone was waiting that? for the hundred, but no, just kidding. <laughs> That's the end. Come join this small little community. I'm actually really enjoying some of the things that we've been talking about. Just kind of like, yeah. I, I mean, it's not like long, intense discussions, but it's nice. Like I was like, hey, anyone playing, you know, this game and, you know, very briefly talking about it and getting people's feedback from it. I want to grow this into like a space to discuss about games and stuff like that so please do join it that join link will be in the description of the podcast or on our twitter i think that's it i think leave us a review if you can please yes if you can review us that would be extremely helpful if you can't Um, i get it i understand all right we have for our season five outro for the second time, if you listen to our Undertale episode, we have a special special message from who, Duncan? From the unstumpable Michael! Michael here with your plant fact of the day. Did you know that some trees can survive the cold of liquid nitrogen? That's minus 196 degrees Celsius, or minus 320 Fahrenheit for my fellow Americans. Do you ever wonder how trees can survive the freezing cold winters of the boreal forest? How do trees stop themselves from freezing solid without moving or generating heat? The answer lies with their internal chemistry. 
Environmental cues warn trees that winter is coming and triggers changes within the cells of boreal trees. These changes cause individual cells to accumulate sugars in extremely concentrated amounts. These sugars lower the freezing temperature of water within the cells and stop water from forming ice crystals that would otherwise pierce and explode the cells. That's your plant fact for the day. Thanks for listening. Tune into the next episode of Thoughts from Player One for more video game discussions and plant facts. <laughs> That's an awesome fact. That is, it's, a, it's very... The game set in Alaska. It makes sense. We didn't even tell him that. He just gave oh us an God. evergreen fact about things freezing and the game was set in Alaska. It's been perfect. Beautiful. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>